On their new album, Unbreakable, Ash Costello and her band New Year's Day mine the dark side of our psyches with a sound that injects the intensity and heaviness of modern metal with a melodic pop sensibility. Given the gothic undercurrents of their image and lyrics, and especially her side project The Haxons with guitarist Piggy D, which is what Gomez and Morticia Adams might sound like if they had a hard rock band today, it should come as no surprise that Ash and her New Year's Day bandmates love horror movies. Further, she is a big pet advocate and proponent of animal rescue. When we sat down in the headquarters of the band's label Red Music in New York City, Ash and I delved into these topics. Three of her cohorts, guitarists Austin Ingerman and Nikki Misery, and bassist Frankie Sill, were there doing press as well, so I invited them to join in the discussion. Things got very chatty when I asked them what a New Year's Day horror movie might be like. So let's plunge into the dark side. All right, if everybody could say their name, rank, serial number. Hello, this is Ash Costello from New Year's Day, and I sing. I'm Austin Ingerman. I play lead guitar for New Year's Day. Uh, my name's Nicky Misery. I play guitar for New Year's Day. You need my debit card number? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be great. I'm Frankie Sill. I play bass for New Year's Day. New, New Year's, Year's Day! Day. Ooh, that's really that's good, really good guys. Well, they've, been doing, they've been doing that all day. They're with it now. <laughs> Starmies were really so yeah. And since we had to, I've talked about people's outside passions, we're going to talk about an interesting combination of horror movies and animal rescue. Why not? I don't know. Those are the two of my most favorite things. <laughs> I don't know how they go together or correlate at all, but... I'm assuming the horror movies started first. They both kind of started at the same time. I've always had a passion for animals, and I've, I've always had a passion for horror movies. I grew up in a very strange and eccentric family. Um, my mom was a single mom, and I was dropped off at my grandma's after school. Some of them got to work about 10, 11 p.m. Yeah. And my grandma was not only a practicing Wiccan, she did um, props for theater and horror movies, mainly stuff like I learned how to make intestines on pantyhose at like five years old. I very <laughs> much remember uh, Freddy Cougar hand being in the closet. I was scared to walk by and uh, nice. a box of severed heads as well. Fabulous. And she made the best haunted maze house in the front yard every year on Halloween. And I was a ma- monster, of course. So people loved you and feared you at the same time? Uh, just, just feared. I was feared in <laughs> elementary school, for sure. Started getting called witch at a very young age. But my grandma wouldn't put on Disney movies for me. She'd put on Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, Shocker, Candyman. Phantasm was another family favorite. Mm-hmm. Creepshow 2 really was one of my family. favorites. Like you, literally, you lived with the Adams family. Basically, and she had two sons at the time, my two uncles, who were maybe in their 20s, still living at home, and they were both um, traditional 80s goth. What were their names? Peter and Michael. Peter and Michael. Yeah, and funny, fun fact, Michael played Teenage Fester in Adam's family, too. Really? Yeah, you can look at the credits. It's Michael Hittesdorf. It's my uncle. That's fabulous. Uh, yeah, you, we you were... You grew up in Southern California, right? Yeah. Um, I grew up by Disneyland, so I could see like, the, the fireworks like right outside my window every night. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, right? Sure. So it's a strong juxtaposition of we're the Disney family and we we love Disneyland. We go all the time, but we have a box of severed heads in our living room. Lots of crazy things going on, and I was always, even as a kid, drawn to the darker sides of Disneyland. I loved them to tell me like who had died at Disneyland. What were the ghosts in Haunted Mansion real? They tell me they were and stuff like that. I bet you know, it was funny. Like I remember one of the first horror movies I ever saw was The Beast with Five Fingers. I've never even heard of that one. It came out in the thirties. Early 40s, I think. And so Peter Laurie plays this guy who works in the house of this composer, this pianist, who dies. He has some guests staying with him. He dies, but his severed hand comes back to life and starts haunting them. And actually, it was one of the freakiest things because they had this effect with him, uh, with the hand playing, but they looked like... It's an optical effect. You can see the cut-off part of the hand and the bones. 
and it's playing, and, it's, and it looks better than some of the digital stuff today. Oh, that's cool. And, and watching the TV would freak me out. Like I'd have dreams that this hand was going to fly out of the closet and choke me. Yeah. You know, so when you and the thing is, when you start with that stuff at a young age, it does kind of warp your mind a little bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I I like to describe myself as special. Special. Mm-hmm. But did that, did that make you more or less afraid of certain things as a result of being exposed to all this Both. stuff? I became a very worried person. I was I was too dark, too young. I started to freak out to the point where I became very OCD, like had a severe OCD problem because huh. I would worry that my loved ones would die in these horrible ways and I had to start like doing rituals and superstitious things to kind of make sure my loved ones didn't die, like the typical switch the light on and off a certain amount of times kind of shit. Wow. I don't do that anymore. I got myself out of that a long time ago, but it, it definitely made me very, what we call dark-sided. <laughs> dark-sided? That's the direct result of um, horror movies at Macabre way too young. Yeah, yeah. But it also made me very creative. And how are you supposed to be funny without some trauma? Well, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I think, too, that like... <laughs> no trauma, no funny. Exactly. Is she funny? Yeah, absolutely. Funny okay. looking. Okay, that's important. <laughs> I, I think, too... <laughs> don't you think that maybe, like, a lot of people that like horror stuff don't necessarily haven't had that much crazy darkness in their lives either because I... I remember interviewing one singer years ago. I think it was Michael Monroe, actually, from, from Hanoi Rocks when they did that reunion album. And at the point, I was talking to a lot of rock guys who liked horror movies. They thought, were you into them? And he said, actually, he said no, because he'd had a lot of enough horror in his own life. Mm. I can see want... that. That's why my mom doesn't like horror movies. She's a 911 dispatcher, so she hears all the horrible shit. She can't watch horror movies. So I get that. That's get, interesting. We're, we're attracted to this stuff, but it doesn't really... Like, you know, we're not, we're not, we don't deal with it so much in a regular... I mean, you guys have probably industry horror stories, but it's a little different than, like, you know... I think we've all battled some horror. I think that's what makes this group very similar in that way. Absolutely. Personal yeah. demons. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. But we still like horror. I don't, I don't know. That's what creates an artist. It's a tragedy. I think so. You know? Yeah, it's, it's true, actually. I remember seeing a concert with this guy, Fish, who used to sing in Marillion. He goes, you know... You don't come up with a great song when you're there in bed with your wife and you go, honey, I have to stop. I have to write this song because I feel so great. And it's like, you I know, mean, you, maybe for some people. He goes, you write the song when you're like, she left me. Yeah. What did I do wrong? Right? Exactly. Uh, I mean, I know it's different for everybody, but that's just how it works for us, I think. I, like, I got into collecting a lot of cult horror movies and watching things that other people wouldn't watch. When did you start branching out? Because we've, we've talked about a lot of yeah. obscure weird stuff. I've when seen a Serbian film. That's the... Definitely the worst one I've ever seen in my life. It, I don't even like to talk about it. Like, Have you seen it? No. And I, when I read the description, I'm like, you know what? I think I can avoid that so one. So one of my really good friends, Jeremy Saffer, has the biggest horror movie collection I've ever personally seen in front of my eyes. And I, I would stay with him for weeks at a time when I would be doing photo shoots with him. We, we put out a book about, you know, 20 ways to kill a guy and stuff like that. So I stayed at his house <laughs> when we shot it. Yeah, it's called um, Till Death Do Us Part. It was just a photo photo book. It was a short story. Okay. And uh, every night he let me pick out some horror movies, and I picked out one that was duct taped to a piece of cardboard oh, amongst all the nice DVDs with Sharpie written on the back. I said, what's this? And he's like, oh, you don't want to watch that. I said, oh, no, I really want to watch it. What is this kind of weird snuff shit? What's what you got there? And he's like, well, you know, it's kind of controversial because people don't know if it's real or not. I was like, it's not real. He's like, where'd you get this? He goes, from the dark web. I was like... You're fucking with me, and so we watched it. And I was like, I didn't feel unclean. <laughs> I feel What's unclean. Serbian film, either a Serbian film or just Serbian mm-hmm. film. Yeah, it's. I can't even describe why it's bad to you because I don't want to say the words. Yeah, no. But Cannibal Holocaust 
some of that stuff is real. Well, I don't. They didn't actually eat any human organs or skin. No, but they killed a lot of animals. They killed. They, they really they killed, killed animals, animals, and those are a lot of real, like Amazonian, like tribe people. I guess they use some real, like. The animal stuff was really unnecessary. What do you think of Green Inferno? I haven't watched Green Inferno. I wasn't sure that I would. I like. I don't want to care about a remake of Cannibal Holocaust. Like, well, and how did you feel about that? Um. I, you know, I, the first time I watched it, I had to take some breather breaks because it was making me a little queasy. But then I just watched it recently, and I was like, oh, this is fucking stupid. I don't know why it bothered me so much the first time. I was like, this is dumb. So I guess it just, I don't know, maybe it just depends. But uh, maybe that's what I was thinking, because in Green Inferno, Eli Roth did use local natives to film. Like, those were real tribes people. Not real cannibals, but, you know, yeah. real... Yeah, it, it, some of this stuff is, a, is an interesting litmus test. I realized that I think as we talked about, like I tend to go more towards supernatural, and you tend to go more for the torture porn stuff. I go for it all. Yeah, I like but, all of it. I mean, like it, like the Saw movies are interesting, but then after the first couple, like I, I began to that whole that whole like Netflix has this movie called Terrifier, which oh, is just I haven't seen that one. it's it's awful. The clown one? That's the clown one. And it's which like, clown? The clown with the black mouth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and yeah. it's and it's and it, it's a freaky performance, but it's once I get to the point where he's got a naked woman hung upside down, and he saws her in half. I'm just like, you know what? Wait, do they show it? Like well, like Bone Tomahawk show it? Uh, well, did you see Bone Tomahawk? No, actually. We need to talk about that in a minute. Then I'll wait. Yeah, I mean, I'll it's wait. just it, it's it's obviously fake, but still at the same time, it's just sort of the it's just a sort of gleefully sadistic execution of it that makes you sit there going, "This is probably made by some." Horror fanboys that like don't get a lot of dates because you just oh now I want to see it. You just kind of <laughs> sold it to me. You, you, that was your sales pitch. I'd I'm say, buying it. I just can't. So you need to check out Bone Tomahawk. And what's tell me? So uh, that one's out for rent now. It's been out for a couple years. And the thing about it is Sid Higgs in it. Uh, Captain Spaulding's Sid in Hague. it. Yeah, Sid Higgs in it. There's some big names in it. Kurt Russell. I don't know why who. Do I, why have I not heard of this? I mean, why I don't because it wasn't really advertised. It was just kind of like Netflix recommends after you watch Tombstone, Bone Tomahawk. It's like, oh, I'm in, I'm in the mood for another western. Okay. What happens in it? I was not expecting. So it's about an hour of slow, dragged out tension building, and then like again, House of the Devil. a little bit, and then it takes a sharp downhill tumble quickly to a place where. The second I watched it only one time, I can't watch it again. And my fiance was watching it a second time in the living room, and there was a certain scene. I even just hearing it, I was like, I almost felt like queasy. So mm. go watch it. There we go. Yeah, Excellent. You'll love it. Because of the vibe of this band, I mean, it, I mean, it makes sense that you love horror stuff, but it's not like everything is brought into the band either. There's a lot of stuff, obviously, clearly that you no. dig deep into that's different. It's not as in your face anymore with the horror. You know, New yeah. Year's Day when we first started out was very in your face with the horror and now it's a little bit more beneath like not beneath it that's the wrong word like underneath everything like it's just a, yeah. a layer that's underneath it no and you're right like you have a leg piece we talked about that you're working on so how many different horror icons are on it now? I only have two right now I have well technically three but I need to finish the third one so it has uh, Kevin Spaulding original Pennywise and new Pennywise okay new Pennywise, new Pennywise. What, what did you think of new Pennywise loved it I, I, have a, I have a crush on New Pennywise. Oh, do you? I would go out on a date, a hot date with New Pennywise. Daddy. He's, Sorry. He's a, he's a, <laughs> he's a, he's a, he would. Could you imagine? He'd be the most buff Pennywise. <laughs> no. That'd actually be funny. That'd be, be really funny. Is the sequel coming out this fall? Yeah, I'm so excited. I, I love the remake. 
loved it because I feel like Pennywise came out before. It was just one of those stories that needed CG. It just did, you know. Yeah. Go then for doing it with the practical special effects. Yeah. But I thought it was a much better watch with the CG aspect. For the problem now with, with keeping up with any of this stuff, it's a never-ending catalog. So like, I mean, and Netflix has actually kind of gotten bad. I feel like they used to have a lot of great horror movies, and now they've actually got. They, they're, Not really anymore. It, it's a dumping ground for bad horror movies. Hulu's got great horror movie section, now, especially they? during Halloween. I, they have Huluween. 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 Oh, yeah, because I, I got the dollar a month thing, and I bought for a couple months. And, and Shutter's good. I, you have I the have, Shutter app? I have, you know what? I haven't gotten Shutter yet. I want it, I want it on my Blu ray player. I definitely recommend Shutter because it's got some really good horror documentaries. And yeah. it, has, it has Never Sleep Again. Did you yeah. watch that one? I have the, the DVD of that actually. I need to watch I've it. Watched it twice. Twice. Oh, so good. So and they have the Creep Show series is coming out through Shutter, I think. Oh, it is. Yeah, they're doing like Drake Nicotero was at uh, New York Comic Con. They're going to do a Creep Show show. They're going to redo it. No, it's a series. You won't believe that I met Greg Nicotero on an airplane. I met him on an airplane. Yeah, did you have a picture on your Instagram? Yeah, he gave me his number and said, "Come by the Zombie Factory anytime." And I was like, "What? Okay, Greg Nicotero, the fucking director of Walking Dead. Yeah, sure. Well." Makeup effects director and director of a few episodes. Did he know who you are? No, absolutely not. We just got to talking. Our flights were delayed to Ireland, and uh, we were all at the bar, and we all got to talk. We got to meet Herschel before he passed away, and his wife, and oh, is she his wife, and yeah. And everyone was really kind and really sweet, and I kept again giving them out. So I was like, "Well, I'm sure you guys don't want us to bug you." They're like, "No, let's take shots." I'm like, "Okay, sure." H.G. Lewis movies are kind of weird to me because like they're inter- they're interesting for the time, but like I watch them now and it's like like 2000 Maniacs is awesome because it's just it's the F- remake it's so or the original? Oh, the original, just because it's so weird. It's, I it's liked, like it's I liked like a, the it's like a demented home movie. The remake, uh, I was about. 2001 Maniac? Yeah, yeah. Robert Englund? Yeah. You've got to check it out. It's he's, just funny. He's a hilarious... You met him, too. Yeah. He's a hilarious interview, because I asked yeah. him, like, eight questions, and he spoke for, like, an hour. He's wonderful. I didn't actually need to ask any other questions. He literally just spoke... <laughs> I, like, I could write a book. Uh, some of my friends found where he lived. This is a long time ago. Uh-oh. And they... I guess he has a balcony, and they drive past, and he was out on his balcony, and they waved at him, and he did the, like, Freddy move, like, this out on from the balcony in his robe with his coffee mug. I'm like, what a cool dude. There are people who like to find the actual sites of original or were filmed Oh, we shots. do that as much as we can. Like, you guys go on tour? Like, have you found any cool places? Well, we did the Amityville Horror House, comes up top of my head. And then mm-hmm. the Nightmare on Elm Street House. Silent Hill. We went to the town Silent Hill was based on. Yeah. Fucking creepy. Wait, wait, which, where is that town? Uh, Pennsylvania. Thing. But I can't remember the name of the town. Yeah, it's got a weird name, something Pennsylvania. But still, like, like just these. Collapsed... I want to say Pensacola, but I know that's not it. So it's like, like a weird collapsed streets with like the coal still burning, just smoke coming out. From There's it. like burnt toys. Oh, is that one of those? Is one of those, is one of those is that, that is an, an abandoned town in Pennsylvania? That's yeah, it. that's the town. Yeah. So it's sort of, it's almost like it's on, still on fire or something. It'll exactly. be on fire for like another seventy years. They said something crazy like that. I forget why. Is a mine cold mine expl- explosion? Yeah, it's just like that. still burning. Coal or oil or something. And like the that. people in the town were really weird about it. They yeah. like did not want us to find it. They were being really sketchy when we were asking around. Have there been any spooky places that have inspired New Year's Day songs or Haxon songs? Definitely Haxon songs. I'd have to think about it. I don't know. Everywhere. All yeah. of it. Nothing specific. Just okay. all, all I'm does. still on more spooky places. I was just thinking of the Well, we raid. did the Jack the Ripper tour in London. That sucked. Oh, I wanted to lay down where a prostitute had actually been murdered. I wanted to be like, she was found right here. And then I wanted to lay there. But the whole tour was like, this is similar to the place where a prostitute might have been discovered. I'm like, ah, lame. So you got a fake tour. You got one of those. Yeah. And we went on the one with the best reviews, too. 
And the guy was like, who knows? Maybe you're Jack the Ripper. I was like, oh, my God. No. I'm telling you, I'm definitely not. No. You know what? I'm going to do... I think we should do a different Jack the Ripper tour. I think we got gypped. We absolutely got gypped. But it was still fun. Like, it was cool to see parts of London that you wouldn't see normally. Oh, yeah. But the Ten Bells bar is still there. Yeah. We've where the hookers hung out. And, the, and in Prague, there was a play. I, I walked by it the last morning I was in Prague, so I couldn't go. It was the torture museum. It's like a we torture. went there. We actually we went to the one in Amsterdam and the one in Prague. And how, do they, how, how are the they? Great. But you know what I really liked? And this is kind of the cheesier version. I really like the London Dungeons. Have you ever been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get With the photo. cute ride and everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was so cool. I thought it was awesome. The Torture Museum in Amsterdam we went to, right? Yeah. The one you, I was with Craig for the other yeah, one, but you guys were with me. You were with me in the one in Amsterdam. What if the band got together and did a horror movie? Like, what would you That'd do? That'd be sick. It'd mine be... would want be something like Taxi Driver meets Suspiria. <laughs> no, mine, ours would, I would want it to not make any sense. I want it to be like House meets Suspiria. <laughs> uh, the Japanese yeah, version. Yeah, you have some Phantasm in there, too. I, oh, and then, yeah, some Phantasm. Like, I like all the bad stuff. You know, yeah. Killer Clowns. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just want it to not make any mastered. sense. That was awesome. Did you see the most recent Phantasm? The last installment? Yeah, you know, I, I like it's the awful. series. It's oh. awful. They, 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 kind of, they kind of diminish as it's they go real bad. Um, the like first one was still the best. Yeah, well, oh, Razor gets yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my Lord. God, the series gets worse and You'd worse. have to have like a really... like all the What's that one movie coming out right now? It's like the doppelganger. Oh, Us. Us. That oh, my pretty God. Because the idea of it's cool. The yeah. idea of that's like wow, that's rad, and I, I like movies that can possibly like House of a Thousand Corpses. That shit can really happen. It probably does. It probably did happen. Absolutely. Well, that, that's what I, makes the, it, that's what makes it scary to me, and like that's what I like. Like American Psycho, that can be like that can really happen. Well, House of a Thousand Corpses has that moment with the guy, the, one of their kids' dads gets shot and killed, and they have like the slow motion thing, and that's um, where you kind of feel the death with yeah. the most yeah. perfect song in the background, right? Yeah. And I will tell them I'll remember you. you. <laughs> that should be our new intro. I'm about it. Let's that should it. be our new intro. Watch on our next tour. That's going to be our intro song. Excellent. I'm okay. about that. Absolutely. And you can close it with the Suspiria theme afterwards. Yes. Uh, we've tried sticking the Suspiria theme song into a set, yeah. and it never works. Yeah. Mean playing. We've it? tried not playing it. Like maybe um, an intro? Interlo- interludes between songs or. Intro, but it's like just has not worked out because the the what, what <sighs> instrument is the it just doesn't work. It's it just true because like like when we, we put like evil dead quotes in there, it's like you know you're talking in between and like people are screaming so nobody really hears it or gets yeah. We have this great evil dead when he reads the book and brings it to life. The oh, yeah, Montusi, Kanda, Kanda. Kanda. From, the, from the new evil dead. Yeah. That's no one got it. I never saw the new Evil Dead. That was great. Dude, oh, that's that's really amazing. Amazing. Theaters bought it. Dude. Really? Next day. It's great. It was I'm, a I'm great remake. I'm I'm see, I've always mixed, remixed on that. Like, so the, the CW is going to do like a Lost Boys series. And I'm like, no. No. Uh, no that's not good. good. Don't do TV now, series. As far as reboots, though, i got to show you this because I thought you guys would be kind of amused by this. Um, on top of the fact that I've been collecting these new Elvira comics. because Oh, it's there it is. That's my mom. Is it? Yeah, I figured <laughs> yes. it is. Hexwise, very important to read Hexwise. Oh, very good. Hexwise, very good. But now we have Archie comics. We have Jughead as a werewolf. Oh, okay, very good. They have Afterlife with Archie, which is like Riverdale is overrun by zombies, and Archie has to kill his dad, and Jughead turns into a zombie, and they have to try to kill him, and he kills his dog. And then Veronica's Vamp Veronica as a, as a vampire. So they have this whole series they've completely reworked. Oh, that's awesome. Riverdale, Smart which move. I think is great. 
Smart move. They, and we you know they have the Riverdale series, but I also prefer that they do that on TV. Like I really yeah. think a really yeah. twisted Archie where it's not like if they did that with Archie, though, they could probably do that with a lot of different things too. People might catch on, just redo things differently. What's the same characters, on? just different? There's yeah. so much fun stuff with Archie. Archie meets Kiss. Archie meets Kiss. Yeah. Archie meets Sarah Palin. I was like, oh, <laughs> why? Did that really yeah. happen? They did it. They did one with Obama. I think. They, I think they did one with Sarah Palin. I was like, wow. Why? Wow. They're just trying to hit every possible audience, yeah. and they did it. All so, right. um, I like how we're going to segue into your animal welfare and <laughs> rescue work because you know here we're talking about watching. It's it is actually kind of funny. I do think that a lot of people who really love animals don't like people so much. Just, I just noticed there's people who are really big into animal welfare or animal rescue like to have an issue with people which I can understand like just in terms of the way they treat animals because yeah I prefer dogs over people yeah, I'm a cat person but I have two cats but I'm a dog person do you have pets as a kid and when did, when did the animal rescue thing come into play for you I didn't really have any animals growing up to be honest um, maybe that's why I'm such an animal person now I rescued my first dog on accident really Gre- gremlin uh, we found him outside of a Target in the parking lot uh, when we were going in for Thanksgiving stuff probably like seven or eight years ago. And um, I remember I remember being really afraid because I never had an animal I was connected to. And I was like, what if I'm not connected to this dog? Like, what if I get this dog and I rescue it and I feel nothing? Like, I remember mm-hmm. being very afraid of that. And then I fell in love with him. He's my best friend. And I was like, now nah, I need to rescue another. I love this feeling. And then we found Barnabas. And then, then Barnabas was his brother, and then we rescued two cats. I'm sensing a theme with the name of the names of the dogs, and I think. Yes, uh, when I get to name the animals, they Gremlin because he has big ears, Barnabas because we were watching Dark you, Shadows, Dark, Dark Shadows yeah, at the time. Course, we were watching yeah. the 1970s yeah. soap opera version. Yeah, yeah. So we were like, he's totally, a, he's totally a Barnabas Collins. We watched the like condensed version though. Right? Yeah, we were watching like, like some like the movie ones they would do out of it, like. Okay. I'll take Colin Wood. I love him. I love, him. I, so love I love it. So uh, the next dog I'm going to rescue will either be like, I'm thinking Amadeus or Ebenezer. Amadeus or Ebenezer. Yeah, I think Ebenezer. <laughs> so we have Gremlin, Barnabas, Ebenezer. And then my fiance names the cats, and their names are Kevin and Steve. Totally different. Is your fiance into the, a lot of the horror stuff? Um, not as much as me, but he is. Like, his favorite movie is Phantasm. I remember when he told me that, I was very, actually, like, impressed. I was like, whoa. Okay. Like, because most people want to say, like, oh, I like Friday the 13th or, you know, like, the obvious ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, man, all right. This guy might know some shit. So he's, was, like, uh, not as obvious about it. So does he, does he work with you on the animal rescue stuff also? Yeah. He uh, rescued the first cat and then surprised me with the second rescue cat on his own. So how many pets do you have total? Four. But Four. two don't live with me anymore. Two live with my mom because when I was touring a lot in the earlier days, I was living with my mom. So she became attached to the two dogs that I would leave, you know, while I toured. Yeah. And when I moved out, I said, okay, I'm going to take the dogs. And she said, please don't. I'll have a panic attack. Like, they need to be here. They love their family. They're my grandchildren. Yeah. So I just get to see them on the weekends now. But they're so spoiled. She hand cooks their food. Wow. They get spinach and brown rice and nice. turkey meat. So they're better. Like, they're getting spoiled. Now, what organizations have you worked with? My favorite are Rock and Roll Rescue. That's mm-hmm. their name on Instagram. Um, we donate to them probably the most. That's where we rescued our second cat from, Rock and Roll Rescue. Um, Hand and Paw mm-hmm. is another one that we donate to. Um, Slaughterhouse Survivors is another one I really like a lot. 
that's a lot of dogs being saved from slaughterhouses around the world. Um, wow. They're doing an incredible job. They actually built a facility to house the dogs, which is really amazing. They raised enough money to build a really nice kennel. That's cool. Yeah. And then uh, Free the Chi. Free the Chi. I have a soft spot for chihuahuas. So it's, all, all, okay. the, it's all the chihuahuas that need to be rescued around Southern California. Do you like, volunteer at all like at any shelter? Do you have time? No, time? we don't have time to volunteer. But what we do, like uh, often on tour, we'll go to our favorite thing because this is easy because we stop at every Walmart. It's the least we can do. Because when you're in a tour bus, you park at every Walmart in America. So Walmart has $2.50 fleece blankets. And at the very least you can do, especially in the mid like east where it gets really cold, yeah. is we'll spend 50 bucks. 100 bucks on blankets and bring them in. Okay. Or uh, the Downey Animal Shelter, we must have bought maybe 100 dog beds. Or if I'm at the store, I can, I can buy a box of dog treats. In, in, all you have to do is go to the local animal shelter's website and they will actually tell you what they need. Or call and they'll tell you what they need. What kind of toys are okay. What their dogs are eating. You know, okay. we, need, we need fleece blankets. So um, the blankets one is the easiest for us to do on tour. And it's actually really sad. To be honest, I don't like going to the shelters because I get super bummed out. But well, there's some people too who start collect, collecting pets because they see all these different ones. I mean, I, I remember someone took me to a, a house in Long Island I was having some problems with the neighbors because they basically it was it was a house full of rescue pets, like literally a, a bedroom full of all these puppies. They had cats, which actually is hurting the animals too. Like hoarding them isn't a good idea either. Well, I think they know? were. Well, they had some birds in the back, and I think they were trying to do a good thing. Of course, the guy that was complaining about it had this giant boat in his yard that he would work on. I'm like, okay, so you're complaining about noise over here, but you are making yeah. noise over there. It's just being a prick. But you know, it was it was tough. There was, there was one cat that I wanted to take him out. It had one eye, but it was, it was a really adorable cat. It was sort of tapped yeah. me on the shoulder, and immediately Aww. picked me. But I can't have pets in my apartment, so I felt I felt bad. That's why it's really hard for me to go. We did rescue one dog, though, but the boys wouldn't let me take it in the van, so we ended up giving it to a fan. Okay. And the fan will still send me update pictures. on. You remember Bat Dog? Yeah. In Carolina? It was a horrible pet Mavis? shop. Yeah, Mavis. They named the dog Mavis because the dog had huge black ears looked like a bat. Okay. Um, so we get some update pictures on Mavis, and, you know, he's being spoiled. But he was being held in a cage that was so small. When we took him out to play with him in the pet shop, he wouldn't even stand up all the way. Oh, wow. So it was, it was a fucked up pet shop. And then we called the Humane Society, and that pet shop, I guess, it had gotten already complaints on it. Well, the puppy mill thing is, is a problem. And we, in Long Island, there's yes. a lot of puppy mills. We're very anti-breeder. I've never really understood the need. Why do you need to breed a special kind of animal if there are already all these other animals out breed. there? That's yeah. it. Money. Because you can get a lot of money. And prestige and just desire to have things. Put it this way. My girlfriend bought a, um, what are those white ones? French Bulldog. And she spent like $1,500 on it from a breeder. And not only does it have doggy Down syndrome, it has doggy ADD. This is not a joke. And it's deaf. So, I mean, I love all animals, but this dog's a dick. Like, he's mean and rude and doesn't know what's going on. And I was just like, so you paid $1,500 to have some, like, poorly breeded animal when you could have rescued one. Like That's exactly it. I don't, I don't really understand that, no. that mentality. Me neither. Um, there are, are there been very various festivals that have like animal welfare stuff or animal rescue. Oh yeah, there's sometimes they have animals backstage at festivals to get adopted and stuff. That's how. That's actually how we rescued our cat. Warp Tour had Rock and Roll Rescue backstage. Yeah. yeah, and I was playing with all the dogs, and we just got to talking to each other, and I wanted to help them out, so we've kept in touch. Yeah. And um, when it came time to rescue cat, we rescued our cat from Rock and Roll Rescue. That's cool. And we heard about him from Warp Tour. 
So now that you know when we talk about all the, the spooky movies you like, whenever you see animals getting hurt on screen, even if it's fake, how does oh, it Oh, no, I can't you? do animals. If there's an animal getting hurt in a movie, I'm out. Even if it's fake, obviously. I can't. No, it's I'm interesting. out. Is it, do you I'm think out. it affects you more now? Like Amityville, got... the Amityville remake with the dog. I was like, I'm out. That's it? Nope. Don't like it. Even my mom, our chihuahua that was 16 years old, passed away like uh, two weeks ago. My mom said it was harder on her than when her mom died last year. Really? Yeah, I don't know what it is because dogs, it's hard. They don't know. They're confused. They can't really say goodbye. They're just little furry angel babies. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else that we should add to all of this. I think we talked about a hundred horror movies today, yeah. so I feel satisfied. And I got uh, my horror, my horror fix. Is there any, any any ideal pet that you would like to have someday? More dogs. More dogs? Yeah. How many do you think you can handle? Probably five. Then how many? What do you do when you're on tour? I mean, your fiance can take care of them because he's almost he's he on tours, their... He's going to be touring, so. So he brings them. Uh, no, we're going to have to bring our cats to my mom's house. That'll be fun. We'll see how they do with my dogs. You're, you're lucky your mom loves animals so much. Oh, uh, like, my mom! I mom. get my love of animals from my mother. Yeah. So. I think I want to get a pig. You want a pig? Yeah. Yeah, but they get ones. big, and then you can't keep Not them. The That's. Ones. They do get big. Eli Roth bought a mini one, the cute ones you see on Instagram, mm-hmm. but they don't stay like that. No, no, a, that's my, why a friend of mine has at least one or two. My friend Cynthia oh, has one or two. Oh, do they get, they get like this? Oh, they're, they're big, yeah. yeah. They're like they tiny. They ride them? Yeah. They get to a point that they them. Are you supposed to ride pigs? No, I was looking at baby pigs, and then I did some more research, and Eli Roth had to donate his to a farm. Yeah. Like a like a rescue farm, because it got it get they get really big. But they don't show that. They show the cute ones. Yeah. And then they get... Scratch that. Well, thank you. But they're real cute when they're small, yeah. right? Like, you yeah. just want to fucking put ten of them in an Easter basket and just swing them around. I do. I just like, look at, look at how cute they are. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. This was fun. Yeah, thank you so much. That wraps up another episode of Side Jams. Please join me for the next episode in which I will be speaking with black metal shrieker Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth about his collections of toys, paintings, and antiques. The theme songs used for this episode are from the band Fox and the Law, and I licensed them from AudioSocket. Thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 